Vern Davis with Plant Profits. We're here in Miami at the Benzinga uh, Investment Cannabis Investment Conference, and we've been here a couple days, and uh, it just seems like a lot of things are on the move. People are leaving, but I tell you what, I have here with me Sherry Orlowitz. She is a founding partner of Artemis Holdings, and uh, we're going to talk about that because I think Sherry and I have some things in common. So we'll see about that. How are you, Sherry? I'm great, Vernon. We do indeed. It's a love for the CPG industry and an understanding of how much they can change the landscape of cannabis. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It is a, a sister-brother industry, and they just need to learn how to be a family. I like that analogy, yes. <laughs> and maybe you'll help me make them a family. Hey, that's why we're talking. Okay. That is absolutely why we're talking. So tell me a little bit about your background, Sherry. I started as an actor and then became, yes, I did. I was in New York for seven years, then I became a lawyer. I was a justice lawyer, then a federal prosecutor. Okay. Hold on, stop, stop. So you were an actor. I was. Now were you, were you already directed toward law school? You knew what you were going to do while you were acting? Uh, or all of a sudden you said, I'm going to go be a lawyer. How did that work? My grandmother loved Perry Mason. <laughs> you're telling me a true story I'm telling you a true story <laughs> and when I left acting and she said sure you'd make a good lawyer and heck let's face it acting is a great background for being a lawyer or a politician agreed so so tell me about that so after that I uh, went to uh, school and graduated and went into the Justice Department Honors Program and worked at the uh, what does that mean that means I was top 3% of the country Okay. That's who they take. So you're smart. Well, by those standards, I am. I don't know how smart I am. <laughs> Here I am sitting in the cannabis industry, having spent 48 hours talking to a bunch of people trying to figure out how to make money and do good. And uh, I'm leaving here, and I haven't yet sorted it out. Uh, you will. You will. Yes, you I will. will. It, it, is, it, is, it is trying. What is your mission? Now, tell me about how, how Artemis came about and what the mission is. Artemis came about when I had decided to leave retirement. I had spent 25 years doing leverage buyouts for myself. Okay. I bought a dozen companies from Fortune 500 companies in three transactions. Oh, nice. It was very exciting, every yes. bit of it, from 93 to 2010. Okay. And the reality of all of that was I could retire, but then what? And I came back from retirement, and I started Artemis Holdings. And Artemis is the goddess of the hunt. Yes. And I decided I to... That. I love that. That is great. And that's exactly what you're doing. Yes, hunting for opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why I started Artemis, to hunt for new opportunities, to do well and do good. So when you get to be my age, which is 65, uh -huh. you, come, you don't just want to make money. You want to make money and do well and do good. And so all those things rolled into Artemis. And today I am 100% investing in the cannabis industry. Okay. Artemis is a private investment and strategic advisory firm. Okay. We have uh, three very nice cannabis investments. Right. Uh, it took me probably three or four years of monitoring the landscape before I would dive in. Okay. I would suggest that that is probably smart because I knew what I was getting myself into. So today you're holding three investments. That's correct. Okay. Okay. In the cannabis industry. Can you talk about those at all? Sure. One um, I invested in called MJ Freeway. Uh, and I invested. Jessica. Yes, Jessica. She, she's awesome. 
I spent a lot of time with her yesterday. Yeah. Jessica's amazing. Yes. And why I entered this industry as a um, as a federal prosecutor, we all know that if you're getting money from illegal activity, you're violating the law. Yeah. And no matter how people call it plan touching or not plan touching, the reality is, as a federal prosecutor, I know you're violating the law. And so Jessica was just so charming and the company seemed so attractive yes. and she needed to raise the rest of her Series C round. And I decided I would invest and brought in some other investors to fill out her Series C round right before she went public on the NASDAQ. Oh, so that was last October, September, something like that. That's, uh, yes, yeah, she yeah. went public in April uh -huh. and it was the October before. So it yeah. was October 2018. I invested back around July to 19? August of 2018. 2018 okay. October, she started to try to get this um, deal done and it took her until April. Of the following year um, and I said it can't be done but I believe in you regardless of whether you're gonna get NASDAQ listed and heck if she didn't show me wrong and there she is listed on the NASDAQ and buying up the country another smart one she is she really she's <laughs> smart tenacious and resilient yes she is all of that that's the recipe for success in an entrepreneurial adventure like this absolutely well it's it is a good start yeah good start now and money <laughs> got to have money. That's another important. You got to have something that people want, right? Oh, God. That's a that's few a... other things you got to have, right? Yes. I tell you. So tell me. Okay. Now, you told me what Artemis is. It's, you're advising and consulting. That's correct. Now, what's the mission? Well, the things I basically have invested in is, are women-owned businesses. But okay. the, I'm a big champion of women. Uh, I've also invested in a male business called Thrive, which is a cannabis drink business. What's it called? Thrive. 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 Yeah. And then I, um, I'm investing in a company called Witty. Witty stands for Wellness Insight Technology. And they've just licensed their technology to a pharmaceutical company by the name of Perigo. And I was their chief strategy officer. And I am about to take a plunge into the CPG industry. So what you have forgotten, I need to learn. Bert. Oh, we should talk sometimes. And we will. We will. We absolutely will share. Now, tell me, okay, the CPG thing, how did it come about for you? I sit on the board of the Marijuana Policy Project, and when they asked me to sit on the board, it was right after um, I invested in Jessica, and I said, "Heck, I'm in. I'm I'm in. I'm in for a legal activity here. I might as well join the board of MPP, which is not an illegal activity, but does support legalizing cannabis in the states." That was your way of getting all ten toes in. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, for people who don't know, and I don't, I don't know that there are people out there that don't know, but the Marijuana Policy Project was founded in 1995. That's it was 25 years, yeah. and it started state by state to legalize the cannabis industry. It wrote the, it did everything from the grassroots organizing to writing the ballot referendums sure. to working with the legislator. Wow. And I would say, out of the 35 states. MPP is responsible for the ballot referendums in fully half of them, mm -hmm. and we're responsible in legalizing adult use in probably nine of the 11 adult use states. Mm -hmm. So being right in the middle of it is what I like, and MPP is right in the middle of it all. Okay. And then I founded the Council for 
cannabis uh, for federal cannabis regulation because where all the money is is not in the cannabis industry. Our industry is thirty billion dollars, maybe worldwide, and that's 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 probably upping it. And the CPG industry is almost two trillion dollars. So guess what? We need a way to attract some of those resources, not just money, but science and connections into our space. And I think what we're doing here, which is to put together the FDA, the CPG industry, and some of the leaders of the cannabis industry, and get some common sense regulations around CBD. And we chose as our first issue, one that is very, very hotly contested at the moment, cannabis-infused food and beverages. And we put together a committee of people that excel in their area. So Bruce Litton is the head of our corporate committee. Our head of science committee was the senior advisor to the FDA commissioner. Our government relations person is the head, actually executive chairman of Prime Policy. He's been around for 45, 50 years and knows every congressperson by name and probably by lunch or dinner as well. Okay, good. And uh, we have the largest law firm in the world, Denton's. And our administrative arm and policy arm is MPP. So we're an incredible team, very knowledgeable, representing an incredible constituency. And we're in a good position to advise both the FDA and the CPG industry and help to fashion, as I said, common sense regulations that make CBD accessible and valuable to the consumer without a prescription and without other interference. And that's what we're going to work for. Now, you're focused on CBD? Focuses on CBD CBD. because it's the only thing that's legal. Okay. And we're about legalization, and we're about taking those things that MPP legalizes and begin to get them regulated. But again, not losing and always being mindful of the past. I just think that it's it's quite interesting that the total legal product needs that much help, right, that you're providing with, with your coalition of talented, connected folks. And, and so how do people plug into you? Are you asking for uh, companies to plug into you and really get help to lead an effort? Or, or are you asking for uh, boards of industries to get with you to lead a broader perspective into a narrow space. How are you looking at it? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Our membership is Uh uh, CPG companies, and certainly I've talked to the National Restaurant Association, um, and we're talking to other trade associations. But the goal is to find the pathway for CBD to be infused. And right now, even though all of these companies are infusing, uh, it may be marijuana-derived CBD or it may be hemp-derived CBD into into, uh, food and beverages, when it goes across borders, the FDA's jurisdiction is triggered and it is illegal by FDA standards. And so as long as CBD, if you infuse cannabis, uh, if you infuse food and beverages with CBD and ship it interstate, yeah. it's illegal. The state's interstate means shipping it across borders. No, I understand. That's the FDA. Yeah. That kicks in the that FDA's. Be fixed. Well, that's what I'm doing. I know. Or tell me about that. Well, we're... Everybody I talked to is waiting on that to happen. So, 
Well, we hope to do it within the next six months. That's our goal, to get this straightened out in the next six months. Um, we have a recommendation. Our recommendation is to follow what they did in the UK and come up with a interim rules um, based on the supplement industry. Those interim rules would also require that uh, companies abide by many standards, including GMP. Mm-hmm. It's expensive, which is why interim um, rulemaking would make a lot of sense. And then those companies that can't abide by the standards are going to fall by the wayside. That's our recommendation. Um, our other recommendations need to be vetted by the CPG companies, but uh, the UK has already done this, and they recognize that you can't begin to regulate this industry until you get a little more information, and it's a chicken and egg thing, so they've decided to let the genie out of the bottle and see how the genie performs. And that genie is CBD, and they've decided to let companies work with CBD and see how it performs, and they have a year until they have to to uh, meet very more, much more difficult standards. Oh, Okay. Well, I like that compromise. I like that. What makes you think you can do that here in the U.S.? Because it makes sense. Because I think that when you sit down one-on-one with regulators, they're not foreign to common sense. And I think it's more as importantly what the CPG industry would like. Now, we'll see. I haven't met with the CPG industry in a whole to ask them what they would like. So stay tuned because that's coming up. Yeah. Well, CPG industries like to make money. Yeah, and they've been pretty flat. Laws, right? And so, I I think it'd be interesting. I think you're gonna, when you sit down with the CPG industries, I think you're gonna find some very talented folks that could help you. That's what we're expecting, and that's what the FDA would like to see. Some of those food scientists Uh, and some of those business minds involved in solving this problem together with the cannabis industry and the FDA will certainly do a good job. I have every confidence in our federal agencies. No, I I believe that also. Now, I just, now, when is this going to begin? It is going. Waiting. (laughs) Vern, hold your breath. (laughs) I'm going to start it right. If I can hold my breath and it'll happen before I have to let it out. That'd be great. Well, we have done a soft launch today in front of the industry, and the industry has been very supportive. And so now we're going to be speaking at a couple of CPG industry events. I'll be talking to a couple of CEOs that are friends of mine that lead CPG companies. And so within the next 60 days, I would like to be sitting down with the CPG companies and the cannabis industry and the FDA. Okay. Well, I know you'll do it. I will. Oh, you do it. So we got to get the CPG, CPG people on board. That's a, bit, that's a, that's a challenge, but it, it's a foreseeable success. That's how I'll put it to you that way. I can see it happening. I, I can see it happening. I think it's a big opportunity, and no one wants to miss out. No. You know, <laughs> and it's competitive. So there you go. And if you think you have the best scientists, if you're a CPG company, you're going to jump all over this because you want you want to build as soon as possible this barrier to entry into whatever space you're building this barrier to entry in, right? So I think you can work through this uh, on that side. What, what, are, what, are you, what are you 
but like, what do you keeps you up at night to the point where you said, you know, nobody's saying this, but it's there, and I don't know how to deal with it. You know, I will tell you, this may sound silly, but my biggest issue with the industry right now is trying to stay mindful of our past. Okay. And one of the things that, I don't know that it keeps me up at night, but it bothers me, which is these social equity licenses, because I see them as a way to exploit minorities and poor. So I'd like to see a different approach to social equity. I'd like to see loans to the folks that have been disadvantaged by our un unwise drug laws. I would like to see jobs being made available. Sure. I would like to see uh, more opportunity, more mentoring. Um, I think the problem with social equity licenses is so many people end up being exploited. That's what I've seen. And, you know, I, if I talk to one more rich hedge fund person who tells me that they're going for a social equity license, I think I'm going to scream. And so while it doesn't keep me up at night, it's something that I want to try and help fix. And believe it or not, I think the um, established industry is going to do a better job of reaching into the community and addressing these issues. And we're not doing enough good. My partner said to me, this is the whitest industry, whitest male industry I have ever seen. And he was a partner in a big international law firm doing leverage buyouts. So that's saying something. That's saying a lot. Yes. That is saying a lot. So oh, I have to go here. What do you think about the criminal justice system and, you know, you got people locked up for cannabis for just years and years, consumption ones. What do you think about that? Vern, one of the things MPP does yeah. is expunge records yeah. for all nonviolent cannabis offenders. Mm -hmm. We did it in Illinois. We're expecting 750 records to be expunged. It's what we're moving to do in New York. Okay. It's what we're moving to do in the nine states that we're going into this year to try to change the drug laws and either legalize medical or medical and recreational. So that's my feeling. Oh, that's great. That, that's good. I, I'm, I'm all for that. I think, well, you know, wrongs can be corrected. Well, I don't know that corrected you... Corrected is, is a deep term. <laughs> and, and that may be too absolute, right? But... Decisions can be changed. We can let people out of jail. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly. And we need to do that soon. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that's very interesting. That is great. So what would you like to leave us with when it comes to what your mission is with this? My mission is threefold. One is to help women to access capital and to be a role model so that other women know that they can, whatever they can conceive, they can achieve. I'd like to see this industry be better than everything that has come before it. And that involves social equity. It involves involving women and minorities in the industry more than we have. Had, we have. And finally, I'd like to make a lot of money. I love your honesty. <laughs> I love your honesty. I've been spending time with Sherry Orlowitz. She is founding partner of Artemis Holdings, and you have an amazing mission. And anything I can do to help you do what you're trying to get done, please, Sherry, let me know. I will, Vern. I'll be calling you. No, I'm looking at you. I can tell. Vern Davis, Plant Profits, your host, fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Cheers.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Yeah.